Praise the Lord and welcome to the broadcast today. This is our Hebrews Bible study that we're having every Monday and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Central Time. I'm Pastor Curtis Hutchinson right here in my office at Crossway Church in Queen City, Texas. Glad you're watching this whenever it might be that you're watching this. Uh, in case you're watching on Facebook, you can also watch on the Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel and find everything we do uploaded there. If you're watching on YouTube, you can watch on the Pastor Curtis Facebook page and you can find everything we do also at thecrosswaychurch.com. So this morning we'll be in chapter 4. This will be part 2 here on the 15th day of April in 2021. I like to always give the date or try to so we'll be able to look back and see when we were here where we are today. And uh, before we get started, I'd just like to uh, throw up again this great, great and wonderful CD that my sister Angel Peace put out uh, uh, just a few months ago. And uh, it's really been a blessing to a lot of people. And uh, I surrender to the King. And uh, again, it's Angel Peace. Some of the songs on this, I surrender to the King. I met someone, stand on my name, born to save Planted Deep is one of my favorites. Only you can. My God, the greatest love. I know somebody and no matter what. And you will be blessed, so blessed to uh, get this CD. And uh, $15, we'll ship it to you and you will wear it out. You will wear it out. This young lady wrote these songs uh, as the Lord instructed her, blessed her as she has sat under the preaching of the cross uh, just almost all her life. And uh, when I met her, she was just a very young girl and she's got a great voice and, and she's really been used of the Lord greatly and still is being used of the Lord. So uh, let us know. You can donate at thecrosswaychurch.com. Make sure you let us know what it is you want and make sure your address is on there. You can also donate by texting the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. And, and under check the one that says products. And uh, we just praise God for the opportunities that we have to sing, to preach, to teach, to share, to fellowship, just all the wonderful Christian opportunities that we have in Christ Jesus. And I'm excited, excited to always be here sharing God's Word. It, it is such a privilege and an honor, and I pray that we cross that finish line together soon. And uh, the Lord is coming at any moment, and I'm looking for it. Today, Hebrews chapter 4, part 2. Uh, let us just start from verse 1, since we didn't get out of it uh, Monday morning. So let's start there in verse 1. Let us therefore fear, lest the promise being left us of entering into his rest, any of you should seem to come short of it. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. He's talking about the people of the old covenant because in chapter 3 he just gets through talking about the people of the old covenant, the people that rebelled against God, his own people. And we need to take heed to what happened back then. He says, but the word preached did not profit them not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 
Now I'm going to read some to show you something this morning. And I pray the Lord uh, show it to us in a greater way than we've ever seen it. Some of you may never have seen it. Or maybe I'm sure this is going to bring clarity today for some of the things we've wondered about the old covenant saints and them falling dead in the wilderness in unbelief. And did they really make it to heaven? Or I'm, I believe the Lord's going to show us some things today. So watch. Let's read verse 2 again. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. For we which have believed do enter into rest. And he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, if they shall enter into my rest, and what he's really saying, they, he sworn they shall not enter into my rest if they do not believe, although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. You need to remember that. You need, you need to write that down. The works of God were finished from the foundation of the world. You remember God created all that He created in six days, and what did He do on the seventh day? He rested, not because He was tired or fatigued, because His works were complete. I want you to hear that. The works of God were finished all the way from the very beginning, the foundation of the world. Why? Because God never begins anything that's not already finished. I need to tell you something today that may be a little overwhelming, <laughs> maybe a lot overwhelming. But when God has a thought, it's already a carried out done deal for Him. We, we want to uh, get together and make plans to, uh, to go somewhere and do something. We have to get our thoughts together and then we have to go and carry those things out. When God has a thought to Him, it's done deal. It's done. Every thought of God is a already carried out, done deal to Him. Finished. Never forget that. Let's read verse 3 again. For we which have believed do enter into rest. As he said, as I have sworn in my wrath, they shall not enter into my rest. That's what that actually says there. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world, for he spoke in a certain place of the seventh day on this wise, and God did rest the seventh day from all his works. And in this place again, if they shall enter into my rest. Now watch, here it comes, verse 6. Seeing therefore it remains that some must enter therein. And they to whom it was first preached entered not in because of unbelief. I believe we're seeing here in the scripture a confirmation that this is not talking about just limited to Israel of old entering into a promised geographical land on this earth, but the rest of God, the rest that God rested in, they fell in a rebellion. They never entered in to that rest, that place, listen, where God is. Where is God? Of course He's on His throne. But what, wh where is He? Wh wh what is He doing? He's resting. Not because he's tired or fatigued. He's resting from everything he's already finished the first six days pertaining to men. You need to understand that. Zephaniah 3 and 16 tell us that God is resting in his love. 
Hallelujah. That's where God is. He's on the throne. What's he doing? He's at rest. He's resting in his love for you. Glory to God. Hallelujah. But So I believe this confirms a big question. Did the, did the Israelites that fell in unbelief and rebellion, that's what the word provocation means in chapter 3, the day of provocation, the day of rebellion, they not only not, they, and I said it Monday morning, I need to say this again. They not only did not believe God could give them the promised land, therefore calling him a liar, but they for 40 years wandered in unbelief. Not just about the promised land, but they constantly rebelled in their hearts. Chapter 3 tells us they constantly erred in their heart. They never, the Bible says, knew his ways. They always, it says, erred in their heart. They did not just enter into the geographical place called the promised land on this earth. They did not enter into the ultimate rest of God because unbelief can't enter in. Unbelief cannot enter in. And we better be very careful today among 99.9% of the church being apostate today. And it is that sick, my friend. It is that far backslidden. It is, but you've got Christians sitting in churches today that know they're not hearing what they need to be hearing. They know that they're just way off track, but they won't get up and get out. Proves my point right there. Because they say it's mama's church, grandmama's church, great because they're more interested in a building and a legacy of their bloodline family other than faith in the blood of Jesus and where he would move them and geographically set them in place and plant them in the house of the Lord so that they might be found flourishing in his courts. Hallelujah. Glory to God. It's time the church wakes up. You know, unbelief is a powerful, powerful thing. Unbelief it don't matter how many miracles you see, unbelief is a powerful thing. It's, it's a matter of the heart. I, I want to show you something this morning that even at the very end of the end of days as we know them now, during the great tribulation, when the Lord himself is throwing hailstones from heaven to this earth, I want you to see something. I want to show you something. This is profound, and I believe it's in... Uh, he, in, in Revelation chapter 6, verse 16, we're talking about unbelief and how subtle and deceptive. And, and you know, we've already been told in Hebrews chapter 3 that we better be hearing from the Lord so that the deceitfulness of sin, the deceitfulness of sin does not harden our hearts. The deceitfulness, not of acts of sin, at, not acts of sin, the deceitfulness of the sin nature. The sin nature tells you that you're serving God. You're doing all you know how to do. But see, the sin nature can only speak to you and guide you and, and dominate your life if your faith is not in the cross. If your faith is in the cross, the sin nature is not going to be able to dominate you. Romans 6, 14, not going to be able to dominate you. Not going to be able to rule over you. It's going to be put away where it belongs, dormant through faith in what Jesus did at Calvary to put that sin man, that old man, that sin nature out of the way. Out of the way. It still exists as much as the devil does. But it became dormant when your faith was placed in Christ and Him crucified. And if that's not what we're trusting in, I did not say 
You say that's what you're trusting in. You have to trust from your heart in the work of Christ at Calvary in that He died to put you away. This life is not all about you. He came to... He, Jesus did not come to rehabilitate anybody. He had to come and die so that our faith in His death could be our death putting us completely away and burying us and creating us anew in His image, in Him. Hallelujah. I hope you're getting that. And if that's what our faith is in, we're not going to be deceived through the deceitfulness of the sin nature. But we're going to be found exhorting one another daily while it is called today. We're going to be hearing the Lord and walking by the faith that comes from hearing Him. Hallelujah. Glory to God. But I want you to see something, how powerful unbelief is. In Revelation chapter 6, let's read verse... Let's just start in verse 14 to get a little bit bigger picture of what I'm trying to get us to see today. And I pray the Lord just pour it into our hearts today. Revelation 6, 14, this is talking about during the great tribulation. This is not a time to be here. This is a time that Jesus said will be the worst time the earth has ever seen or will ever see. Watch this, verse 14, Revelation 6. And the heaven departed as a scroll when it is rolled together. And every mountain and island were moved out of their place, out of their places. And the kings of the earth and great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains. Ain't nowhere else to hide. I want you to get that, get that picture. Little old house, big old castle, not going to get it. Not even where they went and tried to hide. Watch this now. In the rocks of the mountains... Every man hiding and said to the mountains and the rock. Men still talking to the mountains and the rocks. Now watch this unbelief. If you're in unbelief, you'll talk to the couch and tell, you, you'll talk to the wall. You, you, you might think you're talking to God, but you ain't talking to nobody but the pole on the wall. Listen very carefully. Unbelief will make you do stupid stuff. They said to the mountains and rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. They know who it is they're fighting against. They know who it is they're hiding from. They know who it is that's coming against them. They know who it is and yet they're still talking to the rocks and the mountains instead of crying out to him for repentance. Unbelief, knowing. Look what they says. And they said to the mountains and the rocks, Fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. What a thought, what a picture. They know who it is. They call him the Lamb. The Lamb. They call him the Lamb, this one who was crucified, this one who was put to death, this one who was raised from the dead. They know he. They know he's the Lamb, risen. They know it, and they're still crying out to the rocks. The rocks can't help you. 
The lamb is the rock, the only rock that can help you. Hallelujah. So let's go back to verse 2 now as we move through this. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them, but the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. Let me say to you today that your faith, the object of your faith must be in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Not just Jesus a man, not just Jesus the Son of God, not just Jesus a miracle worker. Faith is no good if it's not in Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Do you know the Bible says in the book of this same letter, as a matter of fact, Hebrews chapter 10, that God was never pleased with burnt offerings and sacrifices. Let's look at that together this morning, why don't we? And see what the Lord will direct us in this morning, something powerful again. In burnt offerings, Hebrews 10 and 6, in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Now, I want you to get this today. This will help you, those of you who watched the the service last night, to understand your first love, your first works. And this, this scripture, and we'll bring it out next Wednesday night again as we talk about first love, first works, and you can be laboring for the name of Christ, be sincere and be patient and never grow weary in it, but yet be fallen from where God expects you to be That's your first love, first works, or he'll take your lampstand away. Why is that? Watch and learn of the Lord today. In burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin, you had no pleasure. Watch. The Lord himself commanded them to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices. But he never was pleased in what they did. Get this today. He says he had no pleasure in burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin. He had no pleasure in those things. That means he was not pleased. It's impossible to please him. The next chapter, chapter 11, verse 6, it's impossible to please God without faith. That means what they were doing, God wasn't pleased with, only if their faith was in what those things represented and pointed to, the doing of things God is not pleased with. It's not what we do that God is pleased with. It's what He's able to do in us and through us, and He can only do in us and through us. He can only be pleased and work in our faith in Christ and Him crucified. Christ and Him crucified. I hope you're getting that. I I didn't do very good. Let's just stay here for a moment. God was never pleased when the Israelites carried sacrifices to the the altar. It's It's not the acts of them offering burnt offerings and sacrifices for sin that God was pleased with. It's not what they did He was pleased with even though He told them to do it. Oh, somebody's going to get this today. Somebody's going to get this 
and somebody who's already had it a little bit's going to, my Lord, there's going to be some moving away of some cloudy places right now in this session today. Woo! Hallelujah! When God tells you to do something, just as He told them to offer burnt offerings and sacrifices, it's not in what we do that God is pleased. It's in our, what our faith is in. He was never pleased with the things He actually told them to carry out. When they did it, He was never pleased with burnt offerings and sacrifices for sins because He's only pleased. God. It's impossible to please. God cannot be pleased among men outside of faith. And that faith must be in the Redeemer. Not just the name Jesus, but the Redeemer. That means who He is is what He did, and what He did is who He is. Your faith, it doesn't matter how much Bible we quote, how much Bible we print. It doesn't matter how many good deeds we do. It's got to be God working in us and through us because He's pleased with our faith. Faith is a move of God. If you want to word it in a different way, that's okay. Faith is you being moved by the Holy Spirit. There's your move of God because the Holy Spirit is God. Faith is a move of God. That when He finds a heart that's believing unto righteousness, He moves men and women, boys and girls, in his, in, into His perfect will, his, his guidance. Do you get this? Faith is not just something we have and what we do. Faith is what pleases God. Faith is what moves God and moves us forward into His will because Jesus said, listen, fellas, I'm the vine, you're the branch, but you can't do anything. You can't do no thing. No thing without me. It takes Jesus for us to do anything that's considered fruit to God. How much time have we wasted outside of faith in the cross that God was never pleased in all that we did because our faith was not in the sacrifice, although what we were doing was biblical and somebody else might have got a blessing out of it. But what we get out of it? Because if it's not faith that God's pleased with, there will be no honor from God upon it. There will be no rewards for it. And there, and listen, there, there, there will be no memory of it. God, this is powerful. I don't say it near as much as I used to, but I need to start saying it again. God only honors what God does. Because faith is a move of God upon the heart that's trusting in the word of the Lord in the context of Christ and Him crucified. You can give tithes and offerings for 40 years, but if your faith is not in Jesus and what He did at Calvary, God's not pleased in you giving tithes and offerings. All oh, this is... Oh! You can go to church all your life. 90 years, never missed a Sunday, taught Sunday school. You did this and you did that, my Lord Preacher. You worked and labored you, you, and you did it all for the name of Christ. You need to read Revelation chapter 2, but the Lord's telling you today, you've left your first love. You've left your first love. See, God's not pleased with what we do. God's pleased with what He's able to do in and through us. Now we, we have a tendency that whatever we're doing that's got an appearance of good, we'll stamp God on it. 
We'll stamp God on it. But you can't stamp God on it if your faith's not in the sacrifice of Christ. You can call yourself stamping God on it. You can call it a move of God. You can swing from the chandeliers and you can be thinking you're doing everything for the name of Christ and you may be. But if you're not doing it from the place called your first love, the first works of the Holy Spirit, if you're not doing what you're doing because your faith, a conscious faith, not well, I'm not talking about, well, I, everybody knows I believe that. I'm, talk, I'm not talking about that faith that saved you in the beginning. I'm talk, I'm, the question is for us today, is that today what I'm trusted in? If it is, we'll be like those folks in, in uh, Ephesus when they, when they begin to hear the gospel. Now, I get it. They were lost. But what they do? They ran home and got their idols and crushed them with the sledgehammers. They ran home and got the books that had been teaching them about all these other things that were, that were not the way of God, and they had a big bonfire. I'm telling you, the church needs to have some big bonfires. The purpose-driven books, the, the government of 12 books, the, the walk of Emmaus books, the, all the things that really are nothing more than golden calves and us putting ourselves, working ourselves to death, trying to do things that please God. All we've got to do to please God is have faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Oh, you'll find yourself more busier than ever then about the business of God, but you'll also be learning and understanding the truth of the Word of God more than ever before, finding that you now are not working to look for an avenue of God's power, but you're working by the power of the Holy Spirit because you found that faith in the cross is the only avenue that God's pleased in, the only avenue that He works through. I want you to understand that. The, for the word of the Lord is right, Psalms 33, 4, and all his works are done in truth. That means outside of truth, you can be busting your chops and everything you're doing. You can sincerely be doing it for the name of Christ. But if your faith is not in the cross, the Lord is going to remove your lampstand. Revelation chapter 2, the church of Ephesus. You can make up what you want to about that, but here it comes. I got a Bible. I got a Bible. You can be mad at the preachers who preach the truth and point you to Calvary and warn against all the false doctrine, just like they did, I'm sure, when they received that letter, this letter. The letter of, to the church in Ephesus, they were doing good while the Lord was uh, commending them on all that they were doing, pointing, pointing out false apostles and sh proving that they're liars and, and working, oh my goodness, they were laboring and they, they never growing weary and they were walking in the patience, hallelujah. And the, boy, they were shouting hallelujah and smiling. But when that Lord got to the part in that letter to them that says, nevertheless, I've got something against you. You've fallen from your first love. And unless you repent and get back to your first works that are all related, first works, first love, to faith in the cross. That's where it all began. That's where the Lord expects you and I to operate from. And if we don't... <clears throat> That's why the lampstand's gone out in the church. Oh, they keep stamping God on it because they can't tell the difference between what they're doing and what God is pleased with and what He's doing in and through them. Lampstand's gone in many, 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 many churches. Lampstand's gone. The light of the church is gone because the light is Christ. 
Jesus Christ is the light of the world. But the cross is what makes that light shine, my friend. He's the door. But the hinge on that door is the cross of Jesus Christ. Never forget these things. You and I need to understand these things. We need to, we've got to mix faith, my friend. Don't wait till you go ask somebody else. Don't wait till tomorrow. Right now. Father, I thank you for your son, the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank you he died for me. I thank you that through my faith in what he did for me at Calvary, that I'm in him, immersed into his death. I was buried with him, raised on the third day. And today, whatever comes my way, that is what I'm trusting in. Not all the things you've called me to do that I'm found faithfully doing, but you're pleased in the blood of Jesus your precious and only begotten Son. That's what I'm believing. That today, right now is the time. You may not have a tomorrow and you don't want to fall dead in the wilderness. You may not have a tomorrow. Matter of fact, right now you don't. Oh, you don't even have a yesterday. All you've got is now. And the Bible says now faith is the substance of what you're hoping for. And you know what I'm hoping for? I'm hoping God shows up today and does a great work in me, to me, for me, on me. That's what I hope. And I know that He will. It's not a maybe. My hope is in Christ. He is my hope of glory. And He will teach me today. He will guide me today. He will hold me the course. And He will continue to show me His covenant if I continue to fear Him. The secret of the Lord is with them that fear Him. And He will show them, them, His covenant. For there is where He's found pleased. And there is where He's found working among His people. Not because they got saved and had faith. Now, faith is. Mix faith with the gospel today, right now. Hallelujah. What a great broadcast we've had today. Hallelujah. Don't forget to send us messages. Don't forget to let us know you're praying for us and please do. Don't forget to sow into good ground where the Lord is pouring out the truth of the word of his gospel into your life. Where is it that you are learning and, and, and prospering where God's word is prospering in your heart? Sow into that. You're going to reap you're going to reap based on what you sow. Whatsoever a man sow, that shall he also reap. Sow into the ground where the harvest is going to be reaped. Praise God. Don't forget in the morning, 9 a.m., we've got five or six more verses at the end of chapter 4 in 2 Timothy, and we'll be through with that great letter. It's at 9 a.m., and you can find us again on Pastor Curtis' Facebook page or Curtis Hutchinson 316 YouTube channel. And if you're giving, you can do it at the website, thecrosswaychurch.com, or you can text the word GIVE to the number 903-231-5950. God bless you. We love you and we are praying and believing God on your behalf in Jesus' name. Until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. We'll see you then.